Hey everyone, and welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is guiding people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue, and joining me is my co-host, Annabel Rios. We're going live in three, two, one. All right, guys, we got another episode. I know you had to wait a little bit this time. You got to keep them waiting, wanting more. Keep Today's them, a special keep episode. Keep them wanting. Keep them wanting. <laughs> We're going to do a deep dive in something that we've mentioned before to you guys many, many moons ago at the beginning, at the inception of Hero's Journey. I almost thought you were going to say conception. Oh my God. <laughs> at the consummation. <laughs> and you may have missed it, especially if you're a newer listener, is our, I think it's the only principle you need to follow for health and fitness. I think a lot of times it's all overcomplicated. Here's a thing you need to do. Here's a thing you should follow. We are trying to simplify it I think this as will, best as possible. I think this can transform your health and fitness journey because not because of the power itself, but because it, but it's very easy to follow. It, it, if you if you can remember what we're about to tell you, which we kind of designed it to where it's easy to remember, then all you got to do is just show up and put in the effort. Yeah, because I think I think I think. A lot of times, most of the time, I don't know why this is. I'm sure you probably think when it comes to health and fitness, people start debating different things, whether the right way to eat, the right way to train. But they don't do that when it comes to the way they're living their life. You don't see them. Now, which donuts are you worse for me? <laughs> but they'll say, no, 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 you shouldn't eat fruit. It has too much sugar. Yeah. Anyways, so- stop doing that. What's, What's the a, principle, Doc? What's it called? What are we naming it? So it's pretty simple. We just call it the three, two, one principle. <laughs> Everyone's like, that was it. Touching. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but I think if you can remember three, two, one, and then what those numbers mean. Similar to like, we are going live in three, two, An- one. Annabelle was singing it just a second ago. He's like, three, two, one principle. We're going live in three, two. <laughs> um, but again, with a principle though, this is we're not this is not a rule. We're not saying this is the only way. We're speaking very generally here. There's always exceptions to the rule. The principle is just it's just a guiding way of of trying to organize your health and fitness journey here. Yeah, this is probably more so for the everyday person. Yes, I I would I would totally agree with that. You can go on to the extremes where someone <clears throat> would not need to follow something like this. And we're not talking to those people. Mm-hmm. Um, you do need something probably more specific. But if, if you do look at most programs out there, at least the good ones, they're going to have something like this. And this is just what we have decided is what we like to follow. And I don't even know if we've made it up. Uh, there could be something out there that came up with this before us. We're not claiming rights on this. This is just the principle we follow. Framework pending, three, two, one principle. Yeah, that's true. We probably need to get on that. <clears throat> Someone's gonna steal it from us, Annabelle. I know. <laughs> so what what does the three, two, one principle mean, Annabelle? So we we kind of have like a foundation for this, and I think when we initially were talking, it's like this everything's so complicated, everything's so complex. We need to. Keep keep it as simple as possible for everyone to get started and get moving because that's the most important thing it doesn't matter get moving 
So the first one is you need to exercise, specifically lift three times a week. That's what the three stands for. The three stands for. Three days of resistance training. Training. Keyword training. We have a whole episode on training, guys. Check it out. So I guess why why, why are we saying re- resistance training? Okay. Well, let's let's tell them what the uh, two and the one mean too. And oh, we'll I guess that. we're getting ahead. I got ahead. I will give you a big picture overview, and then we'll do a little deep dive. The other two is two days of cardio. And the last one, this one's debated by a lot of people of how much protein should I eat. We think go with one, regardless of. It can vary. We just just you stick with one gram per pound of desired body weight. The key one is that is desired body weight. One yeah. gram of protein per pound of desired body weight. And we'll, we're going to dive into each one of those three here. Um, but the first one is the three days of resistance training. Why do resistance training? I think it's one of the basics you can do. We've talked about it in the other episodes about creating lasting habits and how exercising, well, we want to call it training, is one of the best things you can do. It, it It's going to lead to so many other positive things in your life once you start lifting. Yeah, it's a, and the keystone habit. It's a keystone habit, yeah. And I guess more on the the medical side of what it's actually doing, Doc. What, what's... What are some of the benefits that you, that you I, see? I've got some quotes here. One's from a research article, and then one's from Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. Uh, we'll link her website in the show notes. But I just I really liked how she summarized this, and it's it's pretty spot on. So I'm just going to read from from her here, and it said she said, <clears throat> "If your muscles are strong, you live better. Not only can you help your friends move heavy things and their, to their homes when they ask, but having increased muscle compared to fat." has profound implications for your metabolic function. Muscle is the metabolic sink of the body. It determines almost everything about your body composition and overall health, how it regulates your blood sugar, your ability to manage fats, and your fuel during times of illness. Most health issues confronting adults are not a result of being quote-unquote overfat, but being quote-unquote under-muscled. It's more than just looking good in a bathing suit. Obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and many other chronic health problems begin with inactive muscles and poor metabolisms. Muscles also serve as our amino acid reservoir. In times of stress, your body can draw on muscles to protect your vital organs like the liver, kidney, and brain. There are two ways to stimulate and protect muscle. One is through diet and the other through resistance training end quote <clears throat> and i think that just perfectly summarized everything we're trying to talk about here and it hits on obviously the the diet part which we'll talk about here in a second with the protein but the big thing that she said was and she said training not exercise resistance training a lot of these issues are actually due to people being weak and fat but being under muscled versus just being fat i would say in most cases it's kind of if you're fat, you're most likely not lifting. If you're lifting, you're most... Well, I mean, you can be a big old boy. You know, talking about the and power that, lifters. But most of the time... And that is case. better. Being fat and strong is better than being fat and weak. Yeah. <laughs> like, that That sounds like, well, uh, that that 
it's just true. Yeah, you can't now, go we'll, wrong being strong. Yeah, and we do. We will work on some of that body weight um, and everything, but it is better if you had to choose to be fat and strong versus fat and weak. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. <laughs> but another thing on why we need to focus on the muscle. And that's what we're specifically talking about when we're mm-hmm. talking about resistance training is building muscle, building strength, all this kind of stuff is because, and why it should be our goal is because of what's called sarcopenia, which is the losing of muscle mass as we age. So here's a, a, a quote from this research article. It says one of the most striking effects of age is the involuntary loss of muscle mass, strength, and function termed sarcopenia. Muscle mass mm. decreases approximately three to five, three to eight percent per decade after the age of thirty, and this rate of decline is even higher after the age of sixty. So think about this: from the age of thirty, and we're just going to round up to maybe ten percent because that's a more easy number here. From thirty to sixty years old, you're going to lose roughly thirty percent of your muscle. Wow. Due to just involuntary. Now you can fight against that. You can, you can do so and you can still gain muscle in your thirties and forties and everything, but left to your own devices, the body is going to start to the process of sarcopenia. It's an in, in, involuntary unless you're fighting against it. And then it gets even higher after the age 60. So I'm sureing that three to 8%, <clears throat> which we rounded to 10 will be double that probably. Wow. Which is pretty, that is wild, which man. Is pretty crazy. So it's not just about losing the fat and just doing cardio and that's what I need to do. No, you need to start lifting weights. That is going to, that's why it's, that's why it's the three and not the two or the one. Like we need to do more of that than the others Mm -hmm. because it is so important for preventing loss of muscle mass and helping our metabolism and all that kind of stuff. You know, gosh, it's like one of those things that you wish you knew how important it was because there's a lot of people who are either trying to find like the past or where to start. This is a good place to start. Oh, it definitely lifting is. weights. And here's another here's a another crazy statistic here. So this is from Dr. Peter Atia. He what he's found in his research and everything is when comparing, and they're talking about muscle, but more specifically strength. And we do know that in in a way that muscle size follows strength. Like you're not just gonna have huge muscles if you're not if you're weak and all that kind of stuff blah 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 <laughs> yeah but low strength versus high strength people he found that having low strength increases what we call the all causes of mortality by 200 and 250% not like 10% not 40% not 60% 250% when comparing someone who's weak and have no muscle compared to someone who is strong and has muscle. Goodness gracious! I, th- I think when we were first looking at these numbers, how I was just stunned. I didn't. Th- I didn't. I didn't even believe it. Uh, that that can't that can't be, can it? Because if you look at smoking, like smoking um, cigarettes, um, it is said to have uh, an increased risk of all cause of mortality by forty percent. So just think about that. Smoking increases your chance at any given moment that you could die from any given cause by 40%. But being weak compared to people who are strong is 250%. So smoke. So <laughs> bust out the 
So be a big boy, but you make sure you lift heavy, and then you can smoke your cigar. <laughs> uh, well, what is the other Peter Tia quote from his? We're a big fan. I love his work. Here, here's a quote. All right, <clears throat> it's from his book *I'll Lift*. It says, "Exercise is by far the most potent longevity drug." The data are uh, ambiguous. Exercise not only delays actual death, but also prevents both cognitive and physical decline better than any other intervention. It is the single most potent tool we have in the health span enhancing toolkit, and that includes nutrition, sleeps, and medications. That is crazy. So he's basically saying that it is the best tool to have to increase the amount of time that you'll live on this earth and the quality of that life, more so than nutrition, sleep, and meds. Boom. Not to say, because then people are going to say, I thought nutrition was 90. We're not saying that. It is important. But most of you, it's like I speak from experience, like you get so lost in trying to pick the right nutrition, which is key. Well, you can benefit so much by just starting to lift weights. So, because the nutrition and sleep and all those things are so important, what we're saying and what we believe Dr. Peter Tia is saying is the reason why it is not just nutrition and not just exercise is because you obviously you need both of them and everything, but the exercise or the training helps to build muscle and the muscle is what they're saying is the most important part that muscle and strength is what are bigger predictors what help to with help like we said earlier with your organs and your metabolism more so than just nutrition alone yeah and it's like a whole holistic approach exactly this is not going to capture every single thing that's out there but this is going to be a good basis more like a, a north star to guide you on your on your journey exactly and I do think if you start lifting, you're going to want to start eating better. You're mm-hmm. like, well, if I'm doing all this work, I need to start fueling my body, you know? Well, if I'm doing all this, I really need to get the right recovery so that I, I'm able to do these lifts and, and, and being able to interact with my environment and my family and all that kind of stuff. That's why it's a great habit to build. Exactly. So why three days a week? Um, mainly, we think three days a week is the sweet spot. Yes. I, I- I think sometimes people do too many days and then you, you need to give your body adequate time to recover as well. Right. In between. So why three days? I, as Anil said, I think it's doable for the common person. It's like that sweet spot, the Goldilocks. Like mm-hmm. little, if you do less than three days, it's, you're probably not going to be getting the most benefit. It's better than nothing. If you do more than that, it, again, it's great. It's good. Um, I don't think most people have time. Uh, the average person to get in the gym like Schwarzenegger five to six days a week, a couple times a day, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, multiple times a day. Yeah, you can do that. Um, so I think we think it's doable. As Annabelle said, it gives adequate recovery between sessions. Check out episode 40. We talk more about the stress recovery adaptation cycle. But lifting the three days, you'd able be able to do like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, not even have to wor- worry about it on the weekends. And you get those days of recovery in between. And also three days, we think it's great for compound lifts. Like you're not going to overtax your body by working out six days a week, doing squats, you know, five times during that week or doing all these heavy lifts and not giving your body enough time to recover. That's great for some people. And, you know, we're not talking to you. Yeah, we're not talking to athletes. We're not talking to someone who is trying to compete. Bodybuilders. On a bo- yeah, a bodybuilder. We're just talking to the everyday person who wants to not only extend the length of their life, but their quality of their lives. So I think we've hit 
the three days of resistance training pretty hard, why you should do it. Oh, yeah. And then I think we said that. But during those three days, try to prioritize compound lifts. Right. All right. What's the next one, Doc? Okay. So that was the three. The two is two days of cardio. And we got some things to say on this because we've had other episodes about the power of walking and all that kind of stuff. But here's what we recommend. We actually got this from one of our, our guests in our podcast who um, – as a, as a strength and conditioning coach, he talked about, you know, trying to get one day of what's called LIS training, which is low intensity, steady state. Think about climbing on the, the, the treadmill, you know, going for a long hike or a ruck, going for a jog, bike ride. You're just doing something for a longer period of time, but it's low intensity. Like you're, you're still, you're still going to sweat and stuff, but you can perform this activity for 20, 30, 40, 60, two hour, you know, however long you're training or whatever. So that's LIS. And then the other one is HIT, high intensity interval training. If you can get one of each of those in a week, that would be fantastic for your cardiovascular health. Cause not only are you going to push yourself really hard, one of those sessions with the HIT, but then you can kind of get that more long duration, um, uh, that type of, um, what's the, what, what's the word I'm working for? Um, energy production in terms of like our using our oxidative system versus, um, like phos- phospholate or, um, glycolytic system. I think that, I think we were talking about this, like, okay, so, all right, guys, I started lifting weights. I now want to, I don't have time to maybe do both. Which one would you, would you say should be prioritized? The hit or the list? If it's a time issue, do the hit because because right. you, you, mm-hmm. that's high intensity. You're not going to be able to go for very long, not more than five to 20 minutes. If you're doing longer than 20 minutes on a hit training, you're not going as high as intensity as you need to be yep. going. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a time crunch, man, grab an assault bike, you know, start banging out some intervals on that, like, or a rower or whatever sled. Those are great. Um, but maybe it depends on phase of life. So maybe you are going to go on a walk with your, with your family and you're like, well, let me just, let me grab a weighted vest or let's, let's make it a hike. Like whatever, mm-hmm. like it depends on your state of what you need, but I would say maybe prioritize the hit first over the lists, or we can talk about some walking. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. It's like, maybe you get in your hit. Cause I mean, that's, it's easy from a scheduling standpoint, but actually doing, oh, it, goodness it, gracious. It sucks. You kind of like, you question life a little bit. It's like, well, what's, what's happening? I'm just <laughs> contemplating everything. And in the last episode, Cam was torturing this poor old lady on an assault bike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she needed it. But we've talked about walking. And it's, we have a whole episode on it, the power of walking. It's, it's really, honestly, good for you. Yeah. So maybe maybe that is one where, you just need to get your steps in every day. And mm-hmm. that and that's the best that you can do at this point. Like you, you can't spend an hour on the treadmill or on a on um on a bike or whatever. And then maybe you don't have access to the equipment. Whatever the reason might be, maybe it just needs to be getting your steps in. Yeah. And that is good too. Yeah, you just just get moving, you know. So with cardio, you know, we can talk about the the benefits and everybody knows the benefits of doing cardio, blah, blah, blah. But there was this really good book that I read in uh, physical therapy school because I was a nerd and on top of my studying and textbooks, I liked to read. 
So this it was called Spark. It's like the, there's another part to it. I think the revolution, revolutionary new science of exercise in the brain. It's by Dr. John Ratty. <clears throat> I highly recommend reading this book. It's fantastic. But from the book, he lists some benefits of cardio. And then the last two on here, I really want to focus on. But obviously, some of the benefits of cardio that he has found in his research is Obviously, it improves cardio, the cardiovascular system, which can decrease your chance of heart disease, which is the number one killers, killer of Americans. It can regulate fuel, like how, what, what you intake in terms of your food and your nutrition. Um, it reduces obesity. Obviously, you're burning calories, stuff like that. It elevates your stress threshold because you know cardio is a stressful event. Um, it allows your body to adapt to that. It can lift your mood. And I can say from experience, the runner's high, and after you kind of get the endorphins going on a run, like you feel fantastic. Like, Don't it, you just love life? It it feels <laughs> it feels great. Um, it also boosts your immune system. Like I I don't think I like the year that I did just cardio straight, which I'm not recommending. I don't think I got sick. I think I, I I was running and doing so much stuff that my immune system was top notch. Wasn't that also the year of COVID? Um, right, 2020. Isn't right. that when you were running? Yeah, kind of bleeding into 2020, 2019 to 2020. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, I did get COVID that year, so maybe it didn't abuse, boost it too much. But it was after you stopped running, though. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Um, it fortifies your bones because of all the impact and everything like that. It boosts motivation. That kind of ties into the mood and everything. These last two is what I really want to focus on, which is what was talked about the most in his book. Is that cardio fosters what's called neuroplasticity? So in school, what we were learning in our neuro class is number one, we are, and when it comes to the brain, we are cavemen. We have, we know <laughs> we know a little bit, but it's so complex and in depth. Like we can't, we still haven't explored the depths of the mind and the brain. Mm. Um, but one thing we did have been learning in the research is what this this thing called neuroplasticity. We used to think that the the brain after you developed was not plastic, meaning it couldn't be molded. So you like it was just fit at that point. It was fixed. So mm. like if something happened, uh, injury to the head, stroke, all that kind of stuff, whatever, that it was just it is what it is. Now what we're finding is that the the brain will find a way. It will it will it will find new synapses. So that neurons that fire together wire together. So they start to find a way around. Like maybe this part of the brain <clears throat> uh, was damaged or whatever. The brain's going to try and find another way around. And they found that uh, cardio actually fosters an environment for the brain to want to do that, which is pretty crazy. Wow. And it also fights against neurodegeneration, Alzheimer's. Um, I would even maybe even say like Parkinson, like any type of neuro condition that's going to affect the chemicals or the structures in the brain this can fight against that i think i was hearing like andrew human dr andrew human talking about that. a lot of people think for like brain health that is like oh you should just do crossword puzzles and do this and not that those don't help but this is showing that it can help potentially even more so there was also and i cannot for the life of me i think it was called like brain derived neurotropic something um there's this there's this chemical in the brain that if you do cardio and then you go to try and learn something like you sit down and study it actually allows the brain to make those mm. synapses stronger so like once learning that like before I, i'd get out i'd get home from school 
and I would go on a run and then I would start studying because of this book. Wow. And I'm not saying that's the reason why I passed and everything, but because of this book, I started doing that. Uh, you know, I wonder if it's similar to like, for instance, for me, like whenever I need to like really focus or do something, I, I prefer to be in like in a fastest state. Mm-hmm. I'm just like sharper. I can think better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I, I believe some people feel so good exercising first thing in the morning and then starting their work. Like you hear a lot of entrepreneurs, they'll exercise and then they'll get into like a deep state of like working. And I, and I would say that this is probably part of that is because the cardio or the exercise or whatever um, is giving an environment that allows the brain to that kind caveman of- caveman mind. Yeah, that caveman I'm mind. hungry. Animal need fire. <laughs> Uh, and then one of the big thing and the other big things he talked about in this book is cardio can help balance neurochemicals that help with like ADHD, depression, anxiety, addiction. Like he, he recommends before he ever prescribes medication to his clients who are suffering from some of these things, he says, okay, I want you to take go, a hike. <laughs> I want you to go on a run. Like seriously, go take, go hike, go run. Wow. And he, he actually uh, promotes that first. Obviously, some people don't do that uh, before he prescribes any medication for some of those things. And the book is like story after story of how people like, man, like my anxiety went away, my ADHD went away, like all this type of stuff from just doing cardio. And th- the book was specifically cardio, but I'm sure there's some overlap between that and resistance training and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the, the overall principle. You need to do your cardio. That is... It's crazy. I'm glad that he was doing that. I think a lot of the time, this is completely sidetracked. The solution for a lot of modern healthcare, which I'm so glad that we have this, is medications. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm I'm thankful I'm not an anti-batch, I'm not anti-medication. But we should try to find an alternative solution first. Absolutely. And I love that. Like That's awesome. So those are some pretty cool benefits of cardio that are not just terms of body composition and the heart like there's some brain stuff going on too with doing some cardio training so hopefully hopefully that um made you want to do some cardio now for other reasons so what's the last one animal what's the one all right the one not that it's any less important but it's one gram of protein per pound of desired body weight all right why protein proteins are the building block of your body. Pretty much all lean, meaning non-fat tissue is made up and compri- composed of protein. So I would say because of that it has to be the most important macronutrient. Like your body isn't made of carbohydrates. Your body is made of some fats obviously, but most of your organs and structures in your body are made up of amino acids. So, well, and most people do not consume enough protein. They do not. So you're not getting enough of the of the thing that composes most of your body. I would say primarily it's fats and carbs. I would agree. Yeah. Even if you go out to eat, you know, you can order. The most expensive thing is always the protein option. And it's always like four to six ounces. Like you need eight to ten. Man, not even 16. when you get food, uh, any, any, any kind of food, any, let's say they give you rice and some sort of protein. It is like... It's, 90% rice and then like 10% protein. You're like, what the heck? It's scattered. I know what they're doing. They're trying to fill you up on rice because it's cheaper. <laughs> they won't get me though. So <laughs> proteins help with some of the following, which we already talked about with Dr. Lyon because um, she talked about muscle and everything. And obviously muscle is composed of 
proteins and everything. But proteins help with obviously tissue structure, um, hormonal, the hormone system, the metabolic system, the transport system, enzymes that regulate your metabolism in balancing the acid-base environment. They are so important for life, essentially. Protein is life. Protein is life. We need a shirt, trademark pending. <laughs> I call we it, do. Call it times infinity. Okay, but sometimes this is hard. So like we know and everyone knows I need to eat some lean meats. I know I might need to eat some legumes and lentils and beans if you're more on the vegetarian or vegan side of things. Like we know those things you got to cook up. But Annabelle, let's talk to them about what are some easy protein options or snacks that can help them hit that one gram of desired body weight. There are a lot of options. And I think as you're starting to stack, because a lot of these are going to be stacked, you want to seek the path of least resistance. We've talked about it in our <laughs> habits episode. You want to have a giant top of protein powder that's uh, to your back. Don't bring that up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I would say a protein shake. That is the easiest mm-hmm. way to get protein into your life. And Easy. if you've never done any- anything else, just start with that. Get you some milk, get you some protein powder, and you can get 40, 50, 60. You can get a lot of grams of protein in like one fell swoop. Absolutely. Greek yogurt's another easy one. Uh, obviously, some of these have dairy in it, so I'm not trying to exclude you non-dairy people. I'm sorry about that. Oh, uh, there, there's a dairy-free options, right? There's probably some dairy. dairy-free options. Yeah. Or lactose, if you're, it maybe maybe the lactose that gets you. Right, right. So Greek yogurt's an easy one. Beef jerky. Oh. Uh, I mean, if you find a clean brand that has doesn't have nitrates and stuff in it, beef jerky is a great option. Oh, I love beef jerky. It's, re- it's really good. What are some other ones? Nuts. So there's a lot of nuts out there that you – there's almonds, there's pistachios, and you just got to find the one that you like and works for you. I'm sorry if you have an allergy, but <laughs> – Yeah. Milk is another good one. It's got a lot of, I mean, it's got good, good source of uh, carbs, fats, and protein. Again, there's a fair life. If it's lactose, that's lactose free. Um, and actually can be fortified with more protein. Mm-hmm. This is not a paid ad. We're not paid by fair life. Yeah. But I drink fair life. It's good. It is good. It's some good milk. Eggs. Eggs are good. Ones. Eggs are great and they're cheap. And low calorie. And low calorie, man, you can easily get your protein that way some cottage cheese is a good option it's, it might be um it's not my preferred option just but I, I i could get into it i just do the greek yogurt more than cottage cheese but yeah, some, yeah these are just we were when, when we said that we're like, okay what are some quick and easy options that either requires no cooking or very minimal cooking really that's yeah. what we're, we're getting into it's like milk is no cooking the only one you might have to cook it's like okay you have to maybe cook an egg yeah. Unless you want to do the old Rocky style and you crack the egg in a glass and just throw it back. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds like salmonella's next door. <laughs> uh, and peanut butter. Peanut butter is a great one. Um, I think more of an all-natural would be probably better than some of the ones that have a bunch of added mm-hmm. uh, sugars and stuff like that. Yeah, there's options out there. Read the labels. We got an episode on that. <laughs> just go back and listen to episode go back and listen to all of our episodes into this episode that's right <laughs> so with the whole one gram thing Annabelle says obviously it's debatable that is something to strive for but it's varied you know based on the individual mm-hmm. we do know that women need less protein than men that research kind of shows that's like 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.8 men can be upwards of 0. 0.8 to 
two, I believe, is some of the numbers. So the sweet spot being about one. We know that obese or overweight individuals should not eat their body weight and protein. If you're 300 pounds, it'll be a chore to get 300 grams of protein in there. It is hard to overeat protein. Yeah. I don't care who you are. So that is more like you, if you're 300 pounds and you want to be 180, then do your desired body weight, not just your body weight. So that might be... You feel like you're going to bust if you eat that much. I mean, I've tried it once when I was trying to eat like over 200 grams. I was like... It's getting hard to breathe. I'm having a protein baby. So there are some there are some people this isn't for. Um, mm-hmm. You just need to to know yourself. <laughs> and um, seriously, always you can always talk to a nutritionist, have mm-hmm. a coach, all that kind of stuff to help guide you on your journey here. Yeah. Like, what, what's your goal? What are you after? For but sure. We really do believe that this principle will transform your health and fitness journey. You just got to remember: three days of training, two days of cardio. One gram of desired, one gram of protein per desired body weight. It's so simple. It's simple, and you're gonna you're gonna question it. I know I would have a few years ago. I think eh, I can't. That can't be it. It's too simple. But it it's simple, but it's hard to do. Yes, but it works. So what what do we want them to do, Honorable? So there's a lot of things that you can probably start doing, and I know some of you are like, well, I can start with this, start with that. We think so. We know keystone habits. We t- we have a whole episode on it. Is one of them is exercise, but we think you should start lifting as the preferred method of training because it's gonna tr- have to trickle down effect. As you start lifting, as you start going three days a week, you're naturally gonna want to add protein. You're gonna want to add some more cardio. It just happens. So we want this to be your focus for now. We want you to do all of them, but for now. Start with this. Yes. Well, that's all that I got, Annabelle. That's all I got, Doc. Guys, just remember that you are human. You should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. See you guys. See you.